This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Instead, I was just the serial monogamist that would be like, I'm going to not cheat on you, but break up with you and then go this to that person. Like that's who I was. And that's how the monogamy that was like programmed and thinking that that was the only way that I could do things. That's how it showed up for me was like towards the end of relationships, I would get very bored and be like, <laughs> why would there's more? Why do we limit ourselves so much with friends? Like we have this concept of like, we need a lot. We need a village. Like it takes a village. And then with a romantic partner, we're like, mm, just one. Mm. And like that, why? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Sparrow. And I'm Molly Demilier. And we've got a great episode for you this week. I uh, This was such a fun conversation. I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this one. It wasn't truly unlike any episode we've ever had before. Yeah. So, so different. We had Rachel Wright on the podcast talking about being polyamorous. Yes. And if you're a Patreon member, you heard our friend Khalid talking about ethical non-monogamy, but his style is different than polyamorous that Rachel is. Yeah, it's all so, so interesting. And everybody's take on it is a little different too. For sure. Um, So it was also fascinating to having just, like my conversation with Khalid that day, that was the first time I ever talked to anyone about ethical Mm non-monogamy. So I was like, "Ah, there's so much that I don't know. Even just the terms. Yeah, I mean, Khalid's pitch is kind of like, uh, a lot of people are cheating and it's like society thinks it's better to just cheat on your one partner <laughs> instead of just to have a couple partners. Kalitz which pitch is every single person cheats. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, it feels aggressive. Maybe you should give him those notes. <laughs> I, yeah, literally. That's, that's his pitch and that's where I argue with him all the time. So it's like that's his perspective, but that's not Rachel's perspective. Hers is right. very different. Right. So it's really interesting. And if you want to hear the episode with Khalid, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash shooters got to shoot uh and i mean i don't know i mean we talked to her for a good amount of time yeah we did that i don't want to give too much away because i loved her conversation very interesting uh so yeah and also guys if you haven't checked out sunset lake cbd uh they're great sunsetlakecbd.com we have a promo code for you sgs20 for 20 percent off your order they've got everything you want everything you need especially if you're already using cbd use our discount i've been loving it the products are so so good from like the coffee to the gummies to the fudge to the drops everything mm-hmm. is just amazing and there's so many different things to choose from like even dog treats yeah you need to mellow dog out your dog they also have i realized a dog drops really dog drops as oh well my God. you can do. do you think that's for like when the dogs have to take medicine I don't know. Maybe we used to just give our dog peanut butter. And I feel like it would be gone so fast. And you're like, no, he needs more peanut butter. Oh, like hiding the pill in the peanut butter? Yeah. I don't or know. the worst would be, we used to try and put it in ham, the little pill in the ham. Ooh. And then the dog would just eat the ham and then spit out the pill. And you're like, you <laughs> little piece of shit. <laughs> so, Sunset Lake CBD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the stuff comes directly to the farms. I think it's already a better price than a lot of other places. You get CBD and you mm-hmm. get 20% off with SGS 20 uh and we are doing a giveaway we are so if you share our episode and tag us at shooters gotta shoot pod and tag sunset lake cbd you will enter uh to win some free goodies that are gonna get shipped right to you yeah we for this giveaway we are going to be doing um some gummies and fudge because it is national candy month and we thought that would be a fun little treat yeah it also is a uh, national pride month and the gummies are rainbow they are. So, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Double whammy. <laughs> Get some colorful CBD in your house. Celebrate all month long. Celebrate. <laughs> celebrate love for everyone, please. By using SGS20 <laughs> for 20% off. So it's at lakecbd.com. Um, yeah. I mean, without further ado, I feel like we should just get to our interview. Let's do it. All right. Enjoy. We're very excited to have her. So excited. So, 
She is a licensed sex therapist. She is also a sex educator. It's Rachel Wright. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Rachel. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. We've been talking about having you on. So for all the listeners, we met Rachel in a clubhouse session and we just loved your story so much. So we're like, oh, my God, we have to have her on the show. Well, thank you. I loved you guys too. It was so much fun. That was fun fact. That was my only clubhouse panel I've ever done. So Us too, I think I had to download the app for it. I was like, Erica, what is this? I was like, I need to get an invite. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, I'm glad we set it up and met and now we're here. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So uh, Amazing. we were intrigued for obviously all your degrees and sex therapy, but even more so, uh, you are officially our first guest on the show that is openly polyamorous. And oh, that married. is so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So we're very excited to have you. And we have questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am an open book. Um, I love talking about this stuff. And I love talking about it not only from like my personal perspective, but also from the psychology and academic perspective. Mm-hmm. I think it's so cool to bring in all of it and look at it from this like holistic place. Because it's something that we all, I mean, we need to learn about it and we don't. So mm-hmm what I'm here for. (laughs) Totally. I think just at the top, can you explain just a few terms of like, what is polyamorous? And also we on our Patreon, we just did an episode on ethical non-monogamy. So could you explain like what that is? And then the difference between the two? Yes. So this is such a good question. And I think a lot of people think that they don't know the answer, but most people do know the answer. So ethical non-monogamy is like the giant umbrella term and catch-all for all different types of ethical non-monogamy. When people think of ethical non-monogamy, usually what they're thinking of are open relationships. Okay. That's like the, the thought that pops into their head. Open relationship is one form of ethical non-monogamy. So is polyamory. So is swinging. Um, so having many loves, which is literally the definition, polyamory, which is many loves and like going to fuck every person, like a new person every Tuesday is a totally different lifestyle. And both can be ethically non-monogamous and could be the same person. Really. Um, they're not mutually exclusive. I like to say that ethical non-monogamy is all about the, and we're all about the, and instead of the, or. Mm, okay. That's an interesting way to phrase yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Our, our friend that's ethically non-monogamous, he referred to himself as quote solo poly of he sees only a certain amount of people consistently, but no one is like in the hierarchical chain. I cannot say the word. Uh, like no one's his Hi- number hierarchical. one. Yeah. yeah. You know, type of thing, which I assume. So yours is different because you are married and that is your primary partner. So it's interesting not to blow up your brain and confuse you even right. more. Uh, <laughs> So you are correct. I am married. And while definitely from like a legal objective standpoint, Kyle is my quote unquote primary partner. Cause like if we were to break up, we would have to go through a legal divorce. Whereas my other two partners, we would not. So like by law, sure, there is a difference. Um, and I treat my three current partners with the same intention and love every day. Um, I see them about the same amount of time every week. Um, we rotate like where we sleep all the time. So while like, yes, technically it's my husband. And so the assumption then is like, oh, well that's her anchor partner or that's her primary partner. And then like everybody else is less than, or means less, or there's less feelings or less time or less sex or less anything. Um, for me, it's, it's not that way. And it wasn't always like that though. Um, before I met these two, it was very much like Kyle was my, my primary, my primary guy. And then I would go out and I'm by, so I, you know, date different humans and, um, now it's different. So it's, it's one of those things, you know, the people can really change it. Just like when you're single, you know, you say like, oh, I would never live here. And then you meet someone and they're like, I live here. And you're like, fuck, I'm moving there. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, that's a good analogy. (laughs) So I guess, can you explain your current relationship structure? And yeah, yeah, I think that would be totally helpful. So the best, the best way to visualize it is like a Z with a solid line on the right side and a dotted line on the left side. Hmm. So it's two couples that are married and 
both both heterosexual like both uh, male female cisgender couples okay both female people me and ashley are bi and so we're dating and we are also married to the two men and then i'm dating her husband and my husband is dating her so the only two people that are not in a romantic and sexual relationship are the two men mm-hmm. okay however they will if we are all engaging in consensual group play they will be there and be present it's not like they're like i will not be in the same room with another per you know but there's no we call it the dotted line instead of a solid line because there's not a romantic and sexual commitment between the two of them okay okay all right. Does that explain it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that really helps. Yeah. Is it weird okay. that I'm thinking of the show friends in my head and it's like, it's like Rachel and Chandler never got together, but, but Rachel got yeah. with Joey and she got with Ross, but she didn't get yeah. with Chandler. That's like kind of in my head yeah. how I envisioned exactly. it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's one of those things that like, when you see it in person, like if you were to sit down with the four of us, you'd be like, this is the most normal thing of ever. But explaining it with English, you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And it's so, it's it's really interesting. It's just, we're so programmed for monogamy that like anything outside of it feels so weird. So my biggest question is, how did this all start? Like, where did you meet your your other partners? Well, it all started, um, now that I look back on my life, this is how I have been wired for forever. Um, I recently in 2019, I think, yeah, that feels recent. Cause like the last year and a half don't count. Uh, <laughs> I reread back through a diary from high school where I was basically like bemoaning the fact that I loved two people. And I thought I didn't understand why I had to pick that. This was the language I was using. Like I don't get why I can't like kiss this guy and like still date this guy. Like I didn't understand why at 15, 16, why I had to say like you for five months and then be like, now you for six months, like that concept I didn't get, but I didn't know that there was another option. And so the writing is just like diary, help me figure this out. Like I'm (laughs) so confused. I don't understand. Um, and so for me, it's something that has always been within me. Um, Kyle, my husband and I on our very first date talked about the concept of monogamy. And while we both weren't ready to like actually do anything about it yet, uh, we, it was always on the table. Uh, so when we got married, we were not opened up. We were not practicing ethical non-monogamy. Um, and we were married and monogamous for seven and a half years before we started practicing ethical non-monogamy. And uh, yeah. And is this the first person you've been in a relationship with and then opened it up or became yes. polyamorous? Oh, so it's yeah. your first one too. And a marriage. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Super wild. Instead, I was just the serial monogamous that would be like, I'm going to not cheat on you, but break up with you and then go this to that person. Like that's mm. who I was. And that's how the monogamy that was like programmed and thinking that that was the only way that I could do things. That's how it showed up for me was like, towards the end of relationships, I would get very bored and be like, (laughs) why would there's more? Why do we limit ourselves so much with friends? Like we have this concept of like, we need a lot. We need a village. Like it takes a village. And then with a romantic partner, we're like, "Mm, just one. Mm. And like that, why? And like the answer is the answer is religion. If we're we're going (laughs) to actually answer the question, but like really, if you I love asking folks to really ask themselves why. I mean, that kind of leads into my next question of, so after seven and a half years, you open up your marriage. What did people say? Some people were like, yeah, about time. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. The, some The people who knew us very well uh, kind of had that reaction. And some folks were very surprised, like, mm-hmm really surprised the the most interesting reaction though and this still happens like to this day when we do amas on instagram or this there is an assumption that i somehow dragged kyle into doing this really i would assume the opposite 
thank you. I would. That's <laughs> whoa, whoa, thank whoa. you. Hold on. Hold on. I yeah. know. A straight man. I was like, excuse me. Um, now, I know like my personality is large. I like, I understand that there's like a, wow, she's outgoing. And then there's this assumption that like, maybe she makes this. I don't know what it is, but people assume that I'm like, come on, Kyle, let's go do this. And he's like, fine. Well, do you think it's also because your field is in sex or like that's part of your title? Yeah, I, I think so. And frankly, I do think that like, I am, uh, if there's a spectrum of like how poly you are, I do think that I'm like more poly than Kyle <laughs> is. Um, you know, in terms of just wiring and like, he's very content having me and Ashley in his life, he's like one more person and I would explode. And I'm like, I, I could still like go on some dates and like have some new energy going in my life and um, definitely not have another serious uh, committed partner. Three is like, a full-time job um well especially because you said you you like are equal with everyone of like love and attention which yeah. i think a lot of people assume with poly like i said it's like there's their primary love and attention person and then there's people you just consistently date and love like on the side almost you know totally totally and uh, like it tries to be as equal as possible obviously we're not sitting there like well you had two hours so i get two hours right. um but it's really like hey are you feeling are your needs met? And do you feel like you have access to everything that any, that everybody else does? Because that's usually where jealousy comes from, right? Is like either insecurity in ourselves, a need not being met or somebody else getting access to something that we want. Yeah. So, I mean, have you guys had jealousy moments or, and how do you deal with that? all the time. <laughs> you have, you have two, two cis women and two cis men in a relationship. Do we get jealous? Yes. <laughs> it's, you know, I find this question so interesting because I don't know about you, but I was jealous in my monogamous relationships. And yeah. this is like a question that I get all the time is like, well, what about jealousy? And I'm like, oh, do you not experience that? I mean, I think and it's usually I'm... <laughs> a lower form of it because <laughs> exactly. they're not having sex with someone else. But um... I think it's easier to and ignore, th- too. So exactly. And that's the biggest difference is that in ENM and in poly specifically, there's no ignoring feelings like you. You cannot have a feeling come up and shove it down because it will come out sideways and affect all of your relationships. And so it is so humbling and so powerful to sit in front of three people and be like, I am feeling jealous. Hmm. Like even saying it to you, I'm not even jealous about something right now. And I feel uncomfortable. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a vulnerable emotion. thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much. Cause I was like, man, also my brain was being like, yeah. How do you figure out who like picks up tabs? Yeah. It's two different married I was wondering people. about money too. Yeah, like what happens when the two women go out? Uh, you know. So you know, Take the man's Ashley and I are dating too. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all kind of like the way that you would with a couple that you're best friends with, hmm. right? Like if if you and your partner go out with the same two couples primarily all the time it would probably be the same exact conversation that we're having. It's like, oh, you got last Saturday. I'll get this Saturday. Oh, you got the movie last time. I'll get it this time. Okay. Now, once we start talking about like, if we want to move in together and raising kids and like that type of stuff, that gets into like uh, a lot more nuanced conversations, but you'd be shocked at how simple some of the um, logistical, like money, time, it's really, if you're forward and open and know your emotions and your needs, it's not as hard as you'd think. Well, do you think too, it's also a little bit that you're already doing those things with one person and then, so you're just communicating it just on an extra level. Like you're, you were successfully doing it in your marriage for almost eight years. Possibly, honestly, (laughs) I think that having new relationships, romantic ones specifically outside of my marriage 
made me realize how much better I could be doing as a partner and a wife, really. Um, it was not the feeling of, wow, I've been amazing the past seven years. No, it wasn't like, wow, I've sucked the past seven years by any means. Um, but there are things that you realize that you do and feel at the beginning of relationships that you just forget. Like, and literally chemically, like there are chemicals in our brain that are only released at like the first three to six months in a relationship. And then we need different chemicals to like bond and stay together. And so the chemical experience to have that back and then be able to like literally have those chemicals present and interact with my husband with those chemicals is such a cool thing. And it was very humbling because I really did realize that I needed to focus more on my marriage. I needed to give more romance attention to my husband. Um, and that was not something that I realized until I started giving romance attention to other people and realized that I wasn't doing it as much at home. And it was a really humbling moment for me and helpful. I mean, I really think that in the long term, it helped us big picture for sure. Wow. That's, that's so interesting to think about. Um, now I know you like to say that you don't have rules. You have rather agreements in your relationship. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about some of the agreements that you have? Yeah. So a rule I like to say is something that's above us and an agreement is something that's between us. And I think that that's such a, um, important distinction because when we set rules for each other, we're just controlling each other's behavior. And that's not at all what we want to do. Like <laughs> that's not the point of any of this. Um, so an agreement implies the consensual part of ethical non-monogamy, which is that you're consenting. And so instead of saying like, our rule is that we sleep at home, it's like, Hey, we agreed that at the end of each night, we're going to come home to our own bed. Oh, interesting. So like, instead of stating it as like curfew is 11 o'clock, <laughs> it's like <laughs> we made an agreement to both be home by 11 o'clock on weeknights. Okay. Um, another example would be, um, an agreement we have is to always text good night and good morning. Like no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter what time zone we're in, no matter when we're waking up, whether that is morning or night where the other person is, does not matter. We always text good night and good morning. And that sounds like a silly agreement, but when you are in touch with somebody all the time and you don't get that good night and good morning, it feels like a betrayal, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it feels like someone's not holding up their part of an agreement. Mm -hmm. And so those agreements are what help maintain the foundation of trust that allow you to have these multiple relationships because you're building and relying and having these agreements over and over. Um, so at the beginning, one of our agreements was um, that we would not have penetrative intercourse with somebody else until we, the other person knew who the person was. So this, this was at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this was at the beginning when we were first getting on apps. And when Kyle and I started dating, apps were not a thing. Right. So when we got back into the dating world, I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. I was like, this is like a game. I was, it was so, I felt like I was 18 and I had like all these things in my fingertips and it was so, so, so fun. So the agreement was, they didn't have to meet the other person, but they had to know that they existed. So if we were talking to somebody off the app, I didn't need to say, Hey, Kyle, guess what? I talked to three people today and I've been texting, right? Like I didn't need to like report information. If I wanted to meet that person in real life, then I would come to him and say, Hey, there's somebody I want to meet. That would be like the milestone of the agreement where we'd communicate. And then the next milestone upon agreement to communicate would be intercourse. So that was our agreement to avoid at the beginning. We didn't actually want to have the conversation of, did you kiss? Did you like, did you do this? Did you do, we didn't, we wanted to avoid falling into those pitfalls on accident and like getting into the, like, 
well, was her hair nicer than my hair? Like the, the, those types of things. So we knew that if we allowed more freedom in between that space, that we wouldn't go there. Um, and that's been something that we've readdressed uh, and COVID really changed things because we've basically been poly with these two, but monogamous because of COVID. So we've been like a polyamorous quad thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was going to say, so uh, th- are these the only people you've been polyamorous with so far in your relationship? No. So before okay. COVID, so we opened up, um, November, October, November, no, September, September of 2019. Okay. Um, and I had one like semi serious ish, uh, partner. Uh, we saw each other for like six and a half months. Um, and I dated probably like 10 or so people, um, you know, checked out like what a sex party was like, had never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the things that like when I was, uh, the quote unquote appropriate age to explore these things, they either didn't exist or I didn't know they existed. <laughs> um, like sex parties were not a thing when I was single and young. And if they were, it was not in the way that they are now with like consent talks and like, lovely humans all around <laughs> they were not that way i mean i guess we don't know none of yeah. us have been to one <laughs> yeah. back in the day so if anyone's listening we're like i don't know maybe they were that way maybe they were very nice i have no idea you someone know. let us know please <laughs> i mean i feel like the old school was just it was the key party it was more like swinging and it wasn't mm-hmm. so much all these conversations or people being like we're poly it just was like oh there's you know handfuls of couples and in, in very small towns that i know of that it's like <laughs> that have had these little kind of key parties and traded partners. And it's kind of just quietly not really talked about, you know? And I think that that's what still a lot of people think about when they hear what we're doing. Like they Mm -hmm. still have this image of us getting together and like throwing our keys in a bowl and like, who will leave with who? I don't know. What are you going to do? And you know, like I said, it's, if you were to sit down with the four of us in a room, it would just be like the most normal thing you've seen. Um, and that's actually the, the thing we hear the most from folks are like, this is so much more normal than I thought. And I'm like, what did you think it was going to be like? <laughs> it's just four humans who love each other. Yeah. It's not that crazy. But I'm just curious of like the other people you dated before this, like kind of, I don't know, correct. I almost feel like it's like dual dating. Like you're dating this person and your husband's dating this person. The other people you dated, is it? it's not necessarily like that, right? Like you'll be dating this one yes. person over here, but it doesn't mean... He dates them. He could be dating other people elsewhere. Correct. Ashley's actually the first person that we have both dated. Um, Up until her, we had not overlapped at all. Um, We went out on a couple dates with a couple of other couples, um, but it nothing ever really clicked. Um, Really nice people, but just like, meh. So it was intentional to kind of get into this like quad, I guess. Yes and no. After like the three or four dates that we went on with other couples, honestly, we kind of gave up. We were like, this is impossible. Like four people, this feels impossible. Like, let's just go back to finding one other person for each other because that feels more realistic. And it was in doing that, that I actually reached out to Yair, my now boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, And I didn't know he was married. I reached out to him as me to him. And then after talking for a couple of days, it was like, Hey, I think you'd really get along with my wife too. Can I start us on a group chat? And after I talked with Ashley for a day, I said, Hey, I think you two would really love my husband. Can I rope him in? Um, and then literally <laughs> wow. we have not stopped talking since that day. Just the group adding, chat was born. Yeah. Just adding everyone to the group chat. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, it's hard enough to just to like find another couple you both like hanging out with, yeah, right. let alone like you both want to sleep with the other one, you know, that's, that sounds I know. very hard. <laughs> it is. I'm telling you. So that's why like the... these two, I'm like holding on to you for dear life. Yeah. You guys are like the New York times <laughs> crossword of relationships this is, this is very <laughs> difficult like, truly truly oh God. i'm like I, I, I it's hard for me to find one guy i like shit yeah, right? god damn rachel uh, i was watching I will tell you <laughs> i will tell you erica enm guys overall so much more emotionally intelligent because of the uh, need like the need to communicate about nuanced emotions and things and dynamics and relationships. I 
have not met someone who has had long-term successful ethically non-monogamous relationships who does not have like a very, very high level of emotional intelligence. And I'm pretty fucking picky because of my profession when it comes to Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Cause like, I can't talk to somebody if they're going to like, I can't. So yeah. Well, you also, I would imagine, have to be extremely secure in yourself and your other relationships. Because just talking about, you know, when you and Kyle weren't telling each other what you did, I would need to know everything. Like, what did you order? What did she order? (laughs) (laughs) Only. Uh So I think that that's a, it's, it's a myth that you have to be secure before. Because Mm. if that were the case, I don't think anyone would ever do anything. Like, (laughs) Like I'm not a full, fully secure human. I, I'm as secure as I can be for today doing all the work that I can do. But like there, I, I am still a human and we're all going to have insecurities forever and ever and ever. So to me, it's more about how can we get comfortable as, as individuals feeling okay with that discomfort and like knowing that we are going to compare ourselves to other people. And sometimes there are going to be people that are better than things than us. And that is okay. And that doesn't mean that they're a better partner for somebody else. It doesn't mean that they can replace you. Like when you really start to pick apart what things mean, you realize that we put a lot of meaning on things that doesn't necessarily need to be there. Right. Like just because your partner finds someone who also likes uh, basketball as much as they do and you don't like basketball, they're not going to be like, you know what? I decided I'm going to do monogamy now and I'm going to choose this other person because they like basketball and you don't <laughs> like that. But, but no. you, but the hard part is you never feel like there's times where someone is favoriting one of their people that are their poly partners. That's, that's the thing I think I would feel. Yeah, yes. would be like, especially if I was like your scenario, like I've been married to you, essentially, essentially monogamous for many years. Then you have this other person. And then if I feel like you're suddenly spending more time with them, talking more with them, like texting, whatever yeah. it is, I'm going to feel like, oh, I, I might get swapped out of this like primary role in some way. So this, personally. that, this totally happened. And I had the same feelings. And I had to go to Kyle and say, I am watching you give Ashley what I asked, what I have asked for. Wait, but he's he's not allowed to give her what you've asked for, or he's giving it to her more than he's giving it to you. He he was giving it to her more than he was giving it to me. Okay. Um, And I reflected to him very kindly with love that it was really challenging to watch him give her things that I didn't feel I was getting or wasn't getting as much of. And what the things are. Yeah, totally. I'm just, Um, I'm like, is it a sexual thing? Is it it an attention thing? I'm very curious. It's kind of a little bit of both. So like, it's kind of the, um, like you walk into a room and I, you know, Kyle's walked into so many rooms that I've been in that like, he doesn't always come over to give me a kiss. Okay. He and Ashley have only been dating. Well, at this point it had been like six months. So he walks into a room. His brain is like new human. I'm dating kiss, right? Like that's just normal. Oh, that That is a normal okay. thing. But my brain over there is like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. would like kisses when you could, right? So it was a great opportunity for me to reflect it to him. And similar to like me learning that I could have be a better partner as well he then not only had the answer to the problem, like he got the problem and the answer in the same sentence and he knows he's capable of it. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, I'm doing it. I just need to like, remember to do it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels really good to see that in your partner when you know, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious when something like that happens too. like, let's take this example between Kyle and Ashley. Does that impact your relationship with Ashley at all? So in an ideal world, in a negative way, no. Um, and if we communicate well, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, because usually it's, it's important to figure out who you are actually feeling the lack from, mm-hmm. right? So in this example, 
super clear that Ashley was just sitting on the couch (laughs) and like couldn't have done anything differently, right? Like she's existing. I also want her to get a kiss when he walks in. So in this way, no, it didn't affect it like at all. If anything, it just made me happy that she was experiencing something that I know I really love. Kind of like when you get to share, um, I know this sounds weird. There's a, there's a word in poly called compersion. Um, and it's, it's the opposite of schadenfreude. It's like, it's seeing the joy. It's feeling like the deep joy that your partner feels when they're feeling joy in a romantic relationship. Wow. Okay. I think you're just so, like, a better person than me. Cause I'm thinking about like, <laughs> when, you know, when you've like really like someone and then your friend might have a thing for them too. And then the guy likes your friend. I am so mad at everybody involved. (laughs) You know why? You know why? Is because monogamy teaches us that it's an or. So in that case, of course you're mad because he just chose her instead of you. But if you knew and were consenting and like all in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with Jim, you know, and then she takes the weekend and you knew that, cool. Yeah, but- but it is an or when you like someone, they pick someone else and they don't, they don't come back to you. Yeah. And I think that's often a big fear in polyamory. Cause that would be my fear. Like I said earlier of like, yeah. they start seeing some new person and especially what you re- were just referring to, I think it's kind of like you're watching them go through the honeymoon phase. They just mm-hmm. kind of started dating. Yep. And so like yep. you're in the room witnessing that new love energy. And yep. it's just, I, I don't know how you don't feel like, Oh, my time's up. Like, but also having the new love energy towards the same person. I mean, that's a whole nother level, but like, that's got to get complicated. It is. It is complicated. And honestly, it's so much less complicated when everybody just says like, here are my feelings. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. We're all just feeling feelings. Okay. Want to (laughs) eat? It's, it's so, um, you start to really trust your, your partner's words. You know, it's like when Kyle says, I want to be with you. I know, I know he chooses me every day. I know that Ashley and Yair choose me every day because frankly, none of the three of them have to be with me. Like they didn't like subconsciously choose into something. They're really choosing every single day, like actively to be with me. And so in turn, I feel so loved and want to give that love back, whether it's to them or out into the world. Um, and so I think that like, yes, well, the, the harder side and the, um, the scarier side of like, this feels more insecure to me because I don't have the, the things that I've been told create security because it redefines what commitment means. Like what does commitment mean if commitment isn't you're the only person who has access to my vagina? Okay. Right. So like, what is commitment then? And like defining that for yourself in each relationship is really empowering. I mean, the example I'm thinking of, of your like vagina thing, I'm like, well, there's plenty of people that are married, have been monogamous and essentially one partner's cheating and the other partner knows. And they're just like, well, they provide me all these other things. And like, you know, we have kids or whatever, these other reasons. And you're just like, well, they're good to me in every other way, except that they like cheat sometimes. So, you know, I See, guess in their definition, be... it is like the commitment isn't that they're just tied to their vagina because they know they're going somewhere else, you know? Right. And that doesn't really, frankly, sound like a committed relationship like that. I would not say that that's a committed, happy relationship. Definitely not happy <laughs> or an ethical one. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a lot of consent going on in the but non-ethical non monogamy is just cheating well that's the argument that our friend that went on our patreon and talked about ethical non-monogamy said was he was like i would always cheat in relationships so Mm -hmm. he kind of was like instead of cheating and sneaking around i tried being like i just want to be open and also see other people while i'm seeing whoever i'm seeing yeah and that i mean and that's really the only difference between solo poly and poly is that you don't have the quote-unquote live-in partner like it's it there's no other um identifier or difference between like mentally I'm kind of solo poly, but there's logistically I'm nowhere near solo poly. So like no one would ever describe me like that. 
but like internally, that's how I feel. Like to me, it's, it's my, it's my sex life that I get to share with who I want, whether that is my husband, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, somebody else, like it's, it's my life that I'm sharing with other people and coming at it from that perspective, I think is what helps with the empowering piece and like the, the owning the self piece and like choosing the people and then them choosing you. And you're like, okay, cool. That feels secure. Okay. I mean, one thing we talked about with our friend on the Patreon too, is that like ethical non-monogamy can be very similar to the beginning of sort of any relationship, because until you define a relationship, it's kind of the given that everybody's seeing other people. And one thing that I feel when I'm dating someone early on is that I feel like I can't really have a bad day too early because I'm like, well, there's someone Uh. else, you know, they're probably talking to, it's like that they're going to go towards the fun person. So like when you were starting, did you ever feel like you couldn't have a bad day even in front of Kyle? Cause he had this new fun person. Oh my gosh. I, that's such a great fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good question. Oh my goodness. So I used, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, so <laughs> yes. Um, I have felt that my whole life with most people, (laughs) like even friends, like I never wanted to be the person who would cause a problem or like be the friend who had the stomach ache or like, you know, cause the group to be behind like anything like that. Um, so I totally, totally resonate with that mindset. (laughs) Um, you know, luckily for me, Ashley specifically is another human like me who is incredibly emotional. So I don't, it's not like she's this like, oh, I'm super chill. And like, I'm this like bubbling blob of emotion. We're both very bubbly blobs. Okay. Um, but I will say that I forgot that feeling of insecurity and not wanting to show the quote unquote weaknesses or the, the harder days to new people for that exact reason. I, I found myself shielding yeah, you're in Ashley, other folks that I dated, um, even as the pandemic hit, I was like, yeah, I'm cool. It's fine. Like things are great. I'm, I'm just like, I'm staying at home. It's like, fine. Uh, <laughs> I'll just wear this mask. I yeah. like it. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, and what I, what I have realized for myself, and I do a lot of work with this with clients too, is that usually when we're doing that, we are under the belief that we're not worthy as we are, that we have to be doing or being a certain way in order to like qualify to deserve the love. And so what I have learned is that in just showing the bad days and they still choose you over and over again, you kind of stop thinking that they're going to go. Man, that all hits so hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah. it's tough where I was like, you know, your husband's like got a hot date with Ashley that night and say you had a bad day or you just, you have a problem you need to talk to him about. Yeah. You come home and you're like, well, do I ruin, like, you feel like, do I ruin his mood? Do I bring his mood down? Because like, I need whatever emotional support yeah. from him right now. Like that's, that's another thing we also just experienced in relationships that are monogamous. If you're like, they're having a yes. great day and I'm not. And yes. do I want to yeah. bring da- bring them down? Or they have a big presentation tomorrow at work and, and I don't want to put stress on them and then they're mad at me because they're stressed at this thing, you know? Yeah. And this was like totally. the year for bad days. Yeah. So like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of bad days. Yeah. A lot of bad days. Uh, I, I, you know, I always, I'm a big fan of consent. So like I. Yeah, us too. Yeah. Say, yeah. Five stars. I like you know, yeah. five stars for That's consent. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to ask consent before conversations too. So like, okay, you know, Hey, I had a really hard day. I know you have a date in an hour. Are you in a space where we can talk about that? Or would it be better to talk about it tomorrow? Okay. And then I kind of like, here's the information like you choose. Cause I have other people I can call, right? Like if. Oh, so you but, do do that with other people. Like, like other partners or you just mean like your mom? No, but like my mom, my friends, okay. like, okay. You know, or potentially another partner, like, you know, depending on what's going on. Um, But if it were something that were like, I need Kyle, like specifically, like something has happened, that that would be such a, um, an easy, uh, 
hey, something has switched tonight and like we got to switch plans up. Like it's it's not the the fluidity and flexibility that is needed in in ENM and poly um, is quite high because when you have a lot of adult schedules, it's yeah. yeah. I'm actually I'm going on a first date with somebody and I sent him a, a coffee date invite on Google Calendar today. Hell yeah, that's our oh, and he was like, oh man, I want to date like, you, Rachel. This is, <laughs> send me like, a calendar. this is the most poly thing I've ever seen. Like, uh... thank you. <laughs> We're not Polly, but we've talked about like, we would probably hook up with a dude if he just sent us a Google calendar. A hundred percent. Right. Just, I would be impressed. Yeah. With the Uh, location tag. Come on. Honestly, I'm like, that's a great wedding proposal. You can put the guest (laughs) list right there. (laughs) I know who's coming. Notes. Yeah. Yeah. Update. Confirmation number. I love it. I, yeah. Google Cal is the way to my heart, man. Oh my God. Yeah. Maybe I got to be Polly. That's, I wasn't convinced, but that got me. <laughs> I got I, you know, I'm just on the I think that just might be something of date women, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I well, put my own you know, dates that's on my the calendar. Other thing. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Everyone at work can see them. The best is when it's <laughs> yeah. date question mark. You're like, I made vague <laughs> plans with a man. I don't know if he's going to pull through, but you know, he might vaguely around seven. <laughs> just... That's incredible. I, that's, I joke with my uh, couple clients all the time when they're like, you want us to schedule sex? And I'm like, no, no, don't. It's not like 605 penis enters whole yeah. voice. <laughs> like, no, like yeah. it's you're scheduling a time to be together. Like schedule mm-hmm. the container for intimacy, like mm-hmm. four hours of time, not like 802 insert. Yeah. yeah. Then you know when to shave. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what we want. I got yeah. things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to be prepared. Yeah, exactly. All right. I have kind of maybe a tougher question. So Bring it. <laughs> I've been thinking this question the whole time, by the way. So <gasps> I'm so excited. It, say there ever comes a point where one or two people in your current relationship do not want to see each other anymore. Do you have like an exit strategy or uh, how would that work? So we've talked about this okay. as it, it's kind of like, it felt like we were writing our will. <laughs> yeah it's a prenup you know? yeah right yeah it's totally like you're like okay so we have to talk about the fact like what if something horrible happens and like you just become a nightmare like what what what, what goes down then um so we have talked about that every step of the way um each time that we've made a decision that has brought us closer or has um kind of kicked the can down the road in terms of the relationship like they bought a house outside of the city. So we moved to Wash Heights so that we were super, super close to where they moved by, by the highway. Oh, okay. Oh, did not Wait, see that how coming. How long have you all been together? When did this start again? Uh, I messaged Yair at the end of March of 2020. Okay. So, so we started dating in the pandemic um, and it's been over a year now. Okay. Yeah. You were looking through your lockdown Rolodex. Oh yeah. yeah. We, yeah. D- I see you. Yeah. We all were. Yeah. We all were. I saw a picture of him in this chat and I was like, who is that? I need to talk to him now. And then we did. Uh, so we have talked about that and we've talked about different ways that it would look. Um, we've all agreed that if somebody decides that they want out, that that will not dictate for other people. It won't. It won't. Damn. I was going to guess the opposite because it's two couples in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, and I know I cannot imagine what it would be like in that space and time, like actually deciding that or like making that decision, especially around like why it happened. Like if it happened for a shitty, you know what I mean? Like there are just so many factors. Um, But I think that the intent behind that decision is the autonomy and just the same concept behind the rules and agreements thing. It's like, we want each person to be actively consenting as an adult to be in something or not be in something. And so if Kyle says, this is too much for me, my bandwidth is too high, that doesn't have anything to do with my bandwidth. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was the agreement that we made when we entered into this. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point that the reason depends because I think that's also like friendships of like if, you know, a couple friend breaks up, you know, there might be some who stay friends with one or, you know, if someone cheats, for example, or I mean, that's probably a poor example here. But if someone does something really awful, then they usually lose the friend group, you know? I mean, and hey, people still cheat in poly. That's the thing is like poly gives you an ENM gives you the space to be honest, but people are still shitty. Yeah, Like there yeah. are still shitty people who cheat in po- And it's like, you know, that this is called ethical non-monogamy. Like literally mm-hmm. all you have to say is like, I do this. Yeah. I feel like that term's a little new though, because I once uh, hooked up with someone a couple of times that was in an open relationship that I didn't know was in an open relationship. And then I found out later and I See, was upset because I was yeah. like, hold on. I believe number one rule of open shit is you guys tell everybody out the gate. Yeah. 100%. Or typically you talk about it almost too much, you know? Yes. But, and <laughs> no, I was it's just like, like vegans. but I was sitting there like, you didn't tell me cause you knew I wouldn't have been cool with it. That's fucked up. You know what I mean? Mm. Or I'm like, I don't know the rules of you and you know, your partner. I don't know if you're like, no, <sighs> you know, don't ask, don't tell. But like, I, I should be told that's not fair to me. Right. Yeah, their like, their agreements are not your agreement, like separate relationship. Yeah, like 100%. I'm over here. Like I told you, I have herpes. You couldn't you couldn't just let me know. There's like another person on the other side <laughs> it was of your a dick. time for a big just, conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. like, you know, I was being pretty open. Okay, yeah, yeah. it was pretty fair. Uh, <laughs> fair exchange of info. Yeah, um, well, people, that love, people up, are shitty. Uh, I, that brings up a question though. So say in a situation of like you're going back out you're starting to date again if one of you started seeing someone with herpes would that be a conversation with the entire group or is that more of a decision for you to make on your own so it's a great question the majority of people in the sex positive community have herpes um so it makes it frankly a lot easier because the, the conversation becomes a like who doesn't have herpes like, uh, and I don't even <laughs> like, I, I say that everywhere. like, yeah, yeah like if people were honest. If, it, yes. If people were honest and if we tested more accurately and like people were educated on it, like the reality is, is that most folks have it and don't know, have one form and don't know, like, so while that would be a, a conversation, there is 0% chance that that would change, um, a decision around being with somebody or not uh well for any other reason though whatever the case i'm assuming with you and your uh husband you're not allowed to like tell the other person you don't want them to see someone anymore or are you correct we do not have veto power so in in ethical non-monogamy it's called veto power um where one partner can say like i don't like them and the other person's like okay and to me that feels very um parental like yeah it kind of feels like my mom being like I don't like that guy for you that's gonna be a no (laughs) and I'm like uh but it's me so I I don't like the idea of veto power what I do like is having my partners having the space and the ability to come to me and say hey we do not like that person you're seeing like I absolutely want that I don't want to be told what to do by my partners do you ask That's... their opinion of a new partner? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But they're allowed yeah. to say, I don't like that person. And I would like, oh, prefer for sure. you don't see them essentially. 100%. And frankly, I want their opinion. Like I love them. They are my partners. And I, if I'm seeing someone that is like creating discomfort for them or they're like, Hey, I don't know if you noticed this, but like Joe Schmo took 20 bucks out of your purse last night. Like, I, like I wanted to know these things, you know, like yeah. I, um, it, it's very similar to how I, I would be if these were my three best friends. So basically in your, in your couple relationship with the other couple, one of you can stop seeing someone, but everybody can keep seeing each other. And then when it comes to like, you know, before where if you were just dating someone outside a relationship in a poly relationship, does that essentially just go and flow like a regular relationship of like, if there's one day that you just, you don't want to see them anymore, you basically break up with them like you would in a regular monog, not regular, sorry, in a monogamous relationship. Totally. It's exactly like that. Um, the biggest difference is that typically a quote unquote breakup in polyamory is called a transition conversation. 
and what it is is I know there are a lot We're of HR terms here you, you know? from this role into this role um but literally it's like that so I grew up doing theater so like the the analogy that I like to use is like we thought you were going to be like great for the lead role but after the first two rehearsals we think you're going to be a lovely ensemble member mm. um, <laughs> we're just going to move you and that's awesome thank you so much uh, and sometimes that's how it goes. You know, you go out on a few dates with someone and you're like, I thought that this was more of the connection that we had. It turns out we don't, but you don't want to like kick them out of your life. So you have the conversation of, I'd like to have you in my life in a platonic way. Um, and often in poly, because it's not as black and white with like, we are dating now, we are not. And I am looking for that one person to go up the relationship escalator and do the things with and like check off the boxes. Often in poly, that is met with like, cool, a new friend. Great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I would say, um, it sounds like the just friends conversation. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it is. But how does that happen when you you do have emotions for this person? It's not like an open relationship. You are you are fully invested. Like, because I'm sitting there imagining if I was poly and then say one of my, you know, uh, poly people outside of my primary partner dumps me and now i'm like going through a heartbreak in front of my other partners yes that's kind of wild to me like that that would be another thing of jealousy like if i was watching my you know one man go through a heartbreak for some other girl being so distraught that he lost this other woman in front of me and i'm standing there like but you got me this this happened my first yeah. breakup was in december uh right before the pandemic no january before the pandemic and Kyle watched me like I was in bed sobbing that's what I'm saying like I hadn't been through a breakup in like fucking year like it had been so long so the feeling of like the blind side and breaking up with feeling was like not a familiar emotion no it's brutal so fucking brutal and I was in bed and Kyle just brought me food and rubbed my head and put on TV shows that I wanted to watch and like rubbed my feet and laid with me when I wanted and was just amazing. Um, it really, it, it takes so much self-awareness and self-control. Yeah. I'm like, that has to be so confusing to go through a breakup with your husband, like taking care it's- of you. It's only confusing because society told me for 31 and a half years that it was, that that's confusing because when I zoom out and I think about it now, the longer that I am poly, it doesn't feel confusing anymore. And it did at the beginning. And so I, I know like I will still have certain social norms pop up that I will have to be like, wait, that's not my thought that's society's thought, like put it back down. Kind of like that. Like, oh, I can't show sadness about another guy in front of my husband. That would be like a societal norm thought that would pop into my head. And my reality was not that. My reality was I can show sadness about the loss and change of this relationship in front of my husband. But would the reality also be your husband has the right to say, I don't want you, I don't want to see this because that would be me I would be like I understand you're upset and you need to like grieve whatever this was but I would be like you're not gonna do it in my bed in front of me yeah and I'm gonna cater to you and you're not gonna you know have sex with me because you're in a bad mood about some other woman I'd be like go to your mom's house like (laughs) yeah and let your mom fucking cater to you until you're better (laughs) based on your relationship I think that that's totally fair Like you get to choose that as the other person too you know had Kyle and I've been dating for like six months and I went through that. I do not think it would have been the same level of, you know, care. I mean, this was, this was something that like, we had already seen each other through like a couple initial first letdowns of things. So like we had already flexed the muscles a little bit of like, oh, this person I was really excited to go out on a third date with canceled, you know, like smaller things like that, Mm -hmm. um, to like help kind of build up to the bigger, uh, breakup moment um of sorts but hopefully that won't be a thing for a while that's okay <laughs> yeah they're pretty brutal yeah yeah man did not miss those <laughs> um so I guess just do you have any advice for people who might be considering ethical non-monogamy 
And also like for people who might be considering opening up a current relationship and how to approach those conversations. Yeah, you might be the first I've heard that it's successfully working out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, to open it up is... later, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, well, first and foremost, I wish more people talked openly about it. Because I have so many clients who are successfully poly and have been for years. Um, and like, I wish that they were all shouting it from the rooftop so that we did have more representation and that, you know, the representation was that and not like this douchebag that you went out with who was like, oh, by the way, I'm in an open relationship. It's yeah. like, thanks for the representation, buddy. <laughs> um, so, I mean, really, my advice would be like, first and foremost, to ask yourself if you chose monogamy. And if you want monogamy, so like there are people, my brother is a great example. My brother knows my life in and out. He understands me and the way that we're living and how I'm wired. And that man is built to be monogamous. Like he will sit and be like, I understand everything that you're doing. I see it. I get the value. I'm understanding the ups, the downs, the sideways and I just want to be with one person forever. And that sounds great. And it's like, great. That's wonderful. But he like literally took time to sit and think about that fact. And most of us don't because we're not told that there's anything else. So I think that that is my first piece of advice is ask yourself what you think about the concept of monogamy to begin with. Mm -hmm. And like, not from a like evolutionary, like, oh, animals aren't supposed to, but like for you, like, what does it mean for you to be monogamous? Do you want that? What, what are you, what is it about monogamy that you like? Cause often we use it as a placeholder for feeling secure, right? It gives us a feeling of security because it's what we're told is secure. It's not actually secure. Um, so that's my first piece. And then my second piece would be read The Ethical Slut. Um, it's a wonderful book. It came out years and years and years ago, like very many years ago. Mm -hmm. It's on its like fourth edition now. Um, it is one of the best books ever written about relationship designs and human sexual behavior in general. It's written by a sex educator and a licensed marriage family therapist who are both poly. Um, and they're two wonderful women. It is so educational. And frankly, I think every human needs to read it because it helps you go through that process of what social norms did I consent to unconsciously? Okay. Like what parts of my life did I just say yes without really saying yes? Okay. I guess my last thing that I forgot to ask my other friend that's ethically non-monogamous was like, is there a cap on the number of people? Is that kind of just depend on the person, you know, like, cause that's another way jealousy might yeah. come involved. Say you got three partners and your husband's like, I only have two or, yeah. I mean, just, I don't know. Is there a limit? Is there like something discussed of like, yeah, you know, I'm for this, but not 10 different guys, you know, <laughs> totally, like, totally. because also I, you know, you know, I don't know the, um, sexual protection. Is it like condoms with everybody? Is, yes. You know, like, I, I don't it, know. So. So it, how, how we work, um, the four of us don't use condoms, okay. um, but anybody outside of the four of us, we do. Uh, and so it's it, essentially the same thing as before we knew them. And it was like me and Kyle did not. And then if we were out, other people did as well. Um, so to answer your question, so funny you asked this, cause I was literally talking about this last night. Some people have the bandwidth to have like nine partners. Like I know someone who has, she legitimately has nine partners. I shit you not. And my head just about explodes every time I talk. Yeah. I'm like, how I can't have like nine close friends. <laughs> like I cannot maintain yeah. nine close friendships right now. Like I can't, it's too hard. Mm. It's too much. I'm like a lot of time. nine, yeah. right? You can't even nine see partners? once a week. Yeah. That's can't. what I said. I was like, that is not even a weekly cycle. <laughs> yeah. So to me, that sounds extreme, but to somebody else, me having three sounds insane. So hmm. I understand everybody has a different bandwidth. And for some folks being poly means loving more than one. And that's two. And it's literally two people. And it's, that ability to just have that openness. And then for others, it's like 
this gal where there are literally nine people and like two of them live across the country and like she sees four times a year, but they talk every day. So she considers them partners. Like there's just so many different versions of this that can go on. Um, and that's kind of what I love is it's like, let your little freak flag fly type thing, <laughs> you know, and, and everybody is so, um, generally open and accepting and, um, loving and supportive. It's, it's not a group of people that want to like take each other down and be jealous and like catty. It's very like, Hey, we're all trying to do more love and sex here. Like let's be as safe as possible and talk a lot about our feelings. <laughs> that's, that's, that's ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like I've taken from this, that this is for emotional people. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. That, yes. Maybe that's why it's not you for You take me. one thing, <laughs> take that. Yeah. I'm like emotionally supporting one person is absolutely exhausting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got some walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't talk to that many people. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, it will be, it's the equivalent of standing naked in the cafeteria in middle school. I would be more like comfortable standing naked in a cafeteria <laughs> than doing this. I'll be honest with you. I, I change my windows open all the time. I'm like, what's up, New York? Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I don't have the patience to put the blinds down. I don't have the patience to deal with eight different people's emotions. <laughs> you know, hey, fair. I get it. That's just me, though. I'm not shitting on you guys. It's impressive. I'm, yeah, I'm it. at very impressed. I don't answer group texts. Like, I... <laughs> yeah. Molly checks in at the end. She's just like, just let me know if I need to be somewhere. Thanks. Yeah, I'm like, can you hit me with the highlights? Yeah. Like, send oh, me the Google Calendar. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Well, this has been so, so great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, people want to follow you. You're at the right underscore Rachel. And that's right. W-R-I-G-H-T underscore Rachel. Regular Rachel spelling. R-A-C-H-E-L. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yes, that is the regular Rachel spelling. <laughs> yeah. And um, you're a licensed therapist as well. So if anyone's looking yes. uh, for a therapist. As you can see, Rachel's very open and very non-judgmental. And and here's it all. Um, It's true. Yeah, so follow her Instagram. Uh, We'll have it in the comments and everything. Tag her. And if you want to follow us, we're at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod. And I'm at Sparica with two A's. And I'm at the Guaca underscore Molly. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.